Welcome to the Babbles Nonsense Podcast, where I'm your host, Jonna Grimes, and we're here to discuss any and all things, but especially the shit that I want to talk about. Because let's face it, I have a lot of shit to say. And after all, you are listening to my verbal diary. Let's get started. guys welcome back to another episode of the babbles nonsense podcast i have danny b or danielle however you like to call her here with me and funny story i don't really know this lady so i'm i'm getting to know her just as y'all are but i reached out to her on instagram which kind of makes me sound like a stalker because (laughs) um she goes to a clinic that i visit here in huntsville she goes to alc which is advanced life clinic for her botox and filler which i do too and i started following her and realized she was a blogger influencer hair and makeup you kind of just do it all but what was really interesting in your story that you've talked about was your explant surgery which we will get to because i explanted as well and if anyone doesn't know what that means. We took our breast implants out and we'll kind of dive into our stories on why we did that because it is something that I think we both want to send a message to people that may have never heard of a breast implant illness or things like that. So welcome Danny to the show. Hi. (laughs) So how did you even get started in this whole blogging, influencing? Like when did that start or how did it start or why did it start? (laughs) Okay, so that's a that's a really long story. Um, <laughs> so um, I had to do IVF to have my little my little girl. Um, it was four years of trying. Um, it was I was definitely the issue there, and um, so once I finally got her, I didn't want to return to work. I wanted to like absorb every bit of those first couple years as I could. And so, um, I decided to stay home. My husband was okay with it. So I decided to stay home with her, but I always had this urge for fashion, for hair, for makeup. And so I still, I felt like somebody had cut off an arm. Like I loved (laughs) staying home with her, but I felt like something was missing. So I was like, okay, well, this is something I can do from home and still have that outlet. And so I started doing the fashion blogging just as fun and, um, and it just kind of grew from there and it was something I could stay home with her and do and still have that outlet of, you know, fashion, hair, makeup. Which I think is cool because I cannot, like... I've obviously started this podcast, which is to me a lot easier than blogging because you actually have to be mindful of the words you wrote. Cause once you write it, it's out there. I mean, obviously once I say something, it's out there, but people aren't picking apart like grammar mm. and is this correct? And you know, when did you start blogging? Did you get into it prior to like it taking off into the stratosphere or did it was like in the mix of it? Um, I would say it was kind of after, um, when it became harder to grow a following. I feel like I've talked to bloggers who have been Mm -hmm. in it for a long time and, you know, they said Instagram, it was a lot easier in the beginning to grow a large following. Yeah. Now Instagram tries to, you know, do little different things to make it a little bit, yeah, to make it a little bit harder. (laughs) So So I, um, I was a little late to the game, but But that's okay. Yeah. You're doing well with it. Like I was looking over some of your stuff before I interviewed you and I love it. Like, and I love all your posts that you post because I think your Instagram is very aesthetically pleasing and I think that's what people are drawn to when there's bloggers or influencers which I think is cool because we don't have many influencers or bloggers in Huntsville right right so I do think that that sets you apart versus like 
they're all in Nashville mm-hmm. or LA exactly. or something like that. So did you do hair before blogging and that's kind of, you missed like yes. the, that industry? Yes. So I started doing hair. I'm 36 now and I started doing hair when I was 20. Oh wow. Okay. And so long I've been, time. Yeah. Long time. <laughs> okay. And so it was like, literally felt like somebody amputated an arm. I was like, <laughs> I gotta have something. And so that's kind of how that, that took off. I do have a lot of hairstylist friends and it is like that creative outlet, mm-hmm. which I could never do hair because I'm so anal like I don't know like I I would want everything the same versus what somebody else wanted so right. I just couldn't do that right so so you had your little girl with IVF and how was that process for you was that very did you did you try IUI first I did okay. we tried Clomid then we tried IUI um but my issue was so um when I was eight years old is when I when my body I started my period okay. I was eight years old and it didn't, I was, I was a baby. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so it didn't know how to stop. And so the doctors, I started becoming anemic and things. And so the doctors didn't know what to do. So they put me on birth control mm-hmm. at eight years old. And so the endocrinologist fast forward to being 30, he mm-hmm. was like, Oh, that was a big mistake. Cause my pituitary gland never learned how to function on its own. And so, um, so yeah, we, we went into the process and tried everything. And then finally it took us to IVF and, um, and the IVF process, yeah, there was a lot of shots and a lot of that stuff. And it was very, um, I guess it, it messes with your head as a woman. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're put on this earth to do this. This yeah. has been embedded in our heads since we were babies, carrying around baby dolls and stuff. And so it did, it, it does mess with, I think, your head going through it. Like, and nobody understands and mm-hmm. all that. And so I found a lot of, like, groups on Facebook and stuff that were going through the same stuff. And that helped in the in the time. But, um, but it worked on the first round. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And it, the whole process, uh, I mean, it was perfect, perfect, healthy pregnancy the whole time. So, well, that's amazing. So, yeah. But so I have a lot of friends that are actually going through this as well. And I've often wondered, which I've never done the research. Is it because our generation, because I'm 33. So our generation actually was the first people to be on birth control at like yeah. 14 and 15 years old. Like eight's pretty young. Yeah. Um, so it makes me wonder, like, is it the birth control? Because I've started reading all these books where people thought that birth control actually prolonged the time you could get pregnant, but it's actually shutting down your own hormone and reproductive mm-hmm. system. Because I'm having hormonal issues now. Like, I have no estrogen, no progesterone, and they're wanting to put me on hormone replacement. I'm like, I'm 33. Right. And so I, w- I often wonder. We're doing something. Something's got. Because be- before they were having seven, eight kids yeah. without even trying, and now women are trying for Several years and nothing's happening. Do you watch The Handmaid's Tale? Yes. Do you think there's similarities there when it comes to like, not as far as like, but like the reproductive issues. Like if we didn't have IUI and IVF, would there be any babies or anything? Probably not. Exactly. So back to the influencing. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? Like (laughs) I see that you have a lot of like codes and fashion forward and you do like budgetary like a budgetary friendly like everything I clicked on I was like oh I can afford this which right. is awesome because most influencers are like oh here's these $500 pair of jeans and I'm <laughs> right. like what I can't wear that that works if their following is in LA and stuff but you know in in Huntsville like we're not no. gonna buy $500 pair. most of us aren't gonna buy $500 pair of jeans <laughs> so um so it works the codes work so I'll have certain collaborations with certain boutiques or certain online boutiques. And that's the way they're able to track my sales is okay. by who uses my code. And I mean, the people are going to use the code because it also gives them a discount. And so 
it's just a way to track it. And so then I can get a percentage of whatever, um, whoever uses my code. I think that's cool. And then there's also an app (laughs) and there's also an app called like to know it. And that has not every brand is on there and not every like boutique or every store. Walmart's on that Amazon, like a lot of your bigger companies, and they use they go through that app to also give a percentage of sales to influencers. Oh, okay. And you have to apply to be part of the app. And then like the first time I actually got turned down. Oh wow. And I heard well then I heard from other bloggers that it helps to actually I was just using Instagram solely. I didn't actually have a blog blog. Oh, and so okay. it helped to actually have a blog so they know that you're serious. And so that's when I actually started reached ventured out and actually opened started my own blog. But does that feel like, do you feel pressure to like always be done up or always be in the know, like to, to have that creative outlet? Cause I know that sometimes like I go through these low periods, like where I had to pause my podcast. Cause I was like, you know, I just need a break. I mm-hmm. need to find my creative outlet again and actually do the things that I love because I was doing things I wasn't necessarily caring about with the podcast yeah um and I want to be more inspiring and but I mean obviously if you love fashion then there's probably well yeah I mean and if you 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 can actually if you go to my page and you'll see like for one week I'm posting every day or every other day and then there's a month where I only made three posts so you can always (laughs) see where I'm at in my life by how often I post like oh she must be really busy right now (laughs) or but you just started back doing hair yes so you're at a great studio I've been following that um What's her name? Um, Mally. Yeah, I've been following her. Like, and her makeup is just oh yeah, God, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, how did that connect? So, me and Mally actually were friends. Um, I mean, a gazillion years ago now. Like, we both hung out at the same motocross tracks and stuff like that. She was nineteen. I was twenty three, twenty four. And, um, and then we just kind of, we stopped hanging out at the motocross track. We kind of like, but we always stayed connected on Facebook. And then there's only, there's one other hairdresser there, Heather Huff, who is a competitor and all that. And her and I had actually ever, never met in person. We were literally online hype girls. Like (laughs) she would be like, you look great. You know, I used to compete. And so I would hype, I'd be like, oh, you know, your, your stage presence is on point, but we had never met in person. I mean, like how many social media friends do you have? Like that you've never met in person, but because I mean, I have a friend in Canada that I've been friends with and never met her. Yep. A ton, a ton. It, it was almost like if I ever actually met them, I would be like, I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, like the awkwardness of like, you feel like you know them until they're standing in front of you and then you're like, wait. So yeah. Um, so I, uh, when I decided to return, I knew I had lost a large portion of my clientele mm-hmm. because they had found somewhere else or they had found somebody closer to their house or et cetera. And so I just wanted a fresh slate. And so I reached out to, actually me and Heather were just talking about, I don't even know what, on Facebook. And it came up that I was wanting to return. And she's like, you need to come work with us um, because the salon's just killing it. Like, you know. That's awesome. So So it just kind of organically happened. Mm -hmm, You didn't have to, like, it wasn't like I need to do this, this, isn't it. No, and then it just all kind of fell into place. Like, Mally... she did Fashion Week New York, like makeup oh, and stuff. Wow. And so she's like, I've always done makeup for brides and stuff, but she's, I said, I'm a, I'm like a poplar and she's like <laughs> the queen over here. And so um, she is so busy with makeup that, you know, she wasn't taking it. She isn't taking any more hair clients. So oh, wow. that was, that was trickling down to Heather. And then Heather was so booked that new client like they had new clients to yeah. send my way and then Mally asked me one day well do you want to do makeup here and I was like next to you 
<laughs> Girl, you got the person to train you. Exactly. I mean, and she's like, well, I'll train you. And I was like, somebody pinch me. Like, is all of this for real? That's so, awesome. yeah, it just all fell in perfectly. Y'all, I'm gonna have, y'all are going to have to give me a lesson because I can do brown. That's it. <laughs> like, I want to be able to do a smoky eye, like a red, yeah. like a mar- can't do it. Yeah. It looks like a raccoon on my face when I try. So I'm just like, just put the mascara on and then that's all we'll do. <laughs> we all have our strong suits. <laughs> so you're also into health. Yes. Which I think is amazing. So I, you all actually have like a little highlight bubble on health and clean eats and things like that mm-hmm. around town, which I do think is awesome because some of your collaborations are things that you truly believe in with your own health. And that's kind of how we're going to transition here into the um, breast implant illness is we have two different stories because we were talking a little bit about it before we started about Mm -hmm. the breast implants, because everyone knows I'm really into health and nutrition. We go to the same gym, which we didn't, well, I knew I was was like, I feel like she's going to think I'm a stalker. (laughs) I'm like, I think I'm staring. I'm like, that's her. I think I know her. Um, but I reached out to you because you were talking about your explant journey and I don't know many Women, now I have three friends after I explained that they, because exp- they were like, oh, wow. So they've actually explained but they're not comfortable talking about it on the podcast. So I'm so thankful that you are. So when did you explant your breast implants? Uh, let's see. Uh, it was 2019. It, and was, it was a year after my daughter was born. And what made you think to do that? Like, did you have an issue with your breast implants? Did you know about breast implant illness? Okay. So it, the, those were actually my the my second set of implants. I had my first set of implants put in when I was 20, barely 20. And I had them done in New Orleans because that's where I went to hair school. Okay. And um, and she, the doctor, what we had agreed on is not what, what she did. They were, they were way bigger than I had ever. Mm-hmm. And so I kept them for 11 years. And then I noticed they were becoming hard and stuff like that. So I got them redone in 2000. Uh, 17. Okay. Well, um, we went smaller and the doctor was like, you know, there's this new type of implant that's textured. And so it stays in place better and, you know, X, Y, Z. And I was like, okay, whatever. Sounds good. And, um, never did my research. I just, I didn't okay. either. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like, okay, sure. Yeah. I'm like, that's your job to know this stuff. Not mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he put them in and then a year about a year and a half later is when somebody reached out um, or somebody was just talking about it in the gym, um, Jackie. And she said, did you hear about there being a recall on a certain type of implant for causing lymphoma in women? And I was like, no. And she's like, yeah, you know, she, she didn't assume it was the implants I had. She was Mm -hmm. just, it was just conversation. And, but it kind of, worried me. I don't know. I just had a feeling. And mm-hmm. so I got home and researched it and it was the implants. The wow. texture on the outside of the implant was what the problem was. So it was causing um, bacteria to form in all those little grooves. Okay. And then causing lymphoma in the scar tissue around the implant. Okay. And so um, they said that it was common in most women who had had the implants in for at least seven years. And at this point, it was only a year for me. And so I reached out to my doctor and I reached out to the company that made them mm-hmm. and they were both saying that, you know, you just wait until you have symptoms because not all women end up with lymphoma. Um, no, <laughs> I don't want to wait for lymphoma. <laughs> Hang <to show> on. <laughs> you want me to wait until I have symptoms of lymphoma and they're like, oh yeah, lymphoma is a very treatable type of cancer. I'm wow. Like, Y'all have lost your mind. I have a one-year-old daughter at home that needs me. So no. <laughs> oh my God. So then... <laughs> The only thing the company was offering. So if you have something recalled on your vehicle, you don't pay anything. No. 
The only thing the company was offering was to give you free implants. You paid your surgery costs, but they give you free implants. Well, the implants are only $1,000 the total cost. Oh, no, thank you. So, and I'm like, I don't want any more of your implants. So, I had to come out of pocket completely to have them removed. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being not just a normal explant. (laughs) It was a capsulectomy. Yep. Because they have to remove everything that the implant touched. And it's more expensive. Yep. Yep. And, um... So, yeah, so I did not take a chance in getting lymphoma, but I am currently in a lawsuit with with the company to at least pay me back my expenses for having the explant done because, you know, there, I mean, there is a, I've heard about that lawsuit going on. Are you with the class action? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause I know my friend who explanted had the same, I didn't have those implants. My story is a little different. Um, I got implants when I, in 2011, Mm because I had lost weight. I really just went in for a lift, um, because I actually was always a D cup, and then when I started working out, they went down to an A cup, and it almost looked like I had breastfed, and I was like, I just want to lift. I don't really care to have big, big breasts, but like, like you, I didn't do my research. I walked into the first office, didn't even get second, third opinions. They're like, oh, we can put an implant in, and I was like, sure, whatever. Never thought about having implants in my entire life, Mm -hmm. and I was like, sure, cool. Woke up, hated them. I was like, this is not what I want to look like. Like, they're too big. They were saline implants. They hurt. I had to wear two sports bras with my workouts because it was like they were just all over the place. Yep. And then the left one displaced five years after I had my put them in. So in 2019, I went, no, no, no. 2016, I went and got them redone. And then they switched from saline to silicone. And they were better but still big. Um, and then... I was diagnosed with Hashimoto six months after I got my first ones. And then like my thyroid was never stable, things like that. I had like this brain fog, weight gain, all these symptoms that were unexplainable. No one could tell me what was going on. And then I was watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills one day. And Yolanda at the time was kind of going through similar symptoms. And she had her breast implants taken out. And then there was like this Facebook group for explanting Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I started following. I was like, oh, my God, I think I might have this. So I went back to my surgeon a year later and he refused to take my implants out. He told me that I would be unhappy. I would be depressed. He told me I needed to wait a year. I was like, I want, I know I want them out. Like, cause even when I displaced the other ones, I thought about taking them out, but he didn't want to do it at that time either. He was like, no, I was like, okay, whatever. And then I went to another surgeon who my cousin went to, who is also fabulous. And he was like, absolutely. He was like, I don't think you ever needed implants. I think you needed a lift. And I was like, oh my God. Yep. And so we took them out and not that my autoimmune disease is now gone, but it is actually stable. Like I'm not changing my thyroid labs all the time or medications all the time. Mm -hmm. So that, that was my story. And I was just like, wow. Like, and of course, when I tell my friends who have breast implants, they, they're like, no, that's not true. And then some of them are like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. You know? It's crazy. Well, while I had my implants in, I had actually went through a a time where I had had two food allergy tests done because I was trying to figure out what was upsetting my stomach, what was causing. Yes. Me too. I was allergic (laughs) to red and white wine. Like, what (laughs) kind of sick world is this? (laughs) Like, everything. It was like peanut butter. And I'm like, why am I allergic to everything? Like, literally, I was not allergic to anything as a child. And, and then after I had the explant done, like my stomach is fine now. I can eat anything without my stomach getting upset or Mm -hmm. having the inflammation and stuff. So even though I had them removed because of lymphoma, 
I had symptoms that I didn't realize that I had until having them removed and they disappeared. And do you think it's a thing where like you, so breast implants are, I mean, I was talking to a doctor at the ER cause I work in the ER about this, about how breast in general on a woman, that's your identity in a way because mm-hmm. it's your body. And so when women have breast cancer and have to have a mastectomy, they go through this, some, not all, go through this depression because you're just like, I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like a woman. So a lot of women get breast implants if they don't have any breasts or that, you know, because number one, society tells us we have to have these perfect mm-hmm. boobs. Um, and so I feel like a lot of people who have them who maybe maybe they don't want to see it and maybe they aren't experiencing symptoms. I'm not them because um, it doesn't happen to everyone. But in the medical field, we know, I know, like some people do better when they have a knee replacement. Yep. Some people reject it. Some people keep having infection after infection after infection with the hardware in their knee. Yep. Same with piercing. Yep. Some people's bodies just can't handle foreign. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a foreign body and we have to, and I, I guess I, I'm not for it or against it. I really haven't done my research. I'm going to have another girl on that actually went to the, I think it's Dr. Um, let me, Jean Fing. I hope I'm not messing that up. She's in... Um, I don't know where she is at, but anyway, she was a plastic surgeon who started researching this and doing, um, explants and she no longer will put breast implants in anyone. Wow. So like she actually has a whole protocol that you have to do. Like you have to do the, like you said, the capsulectomy, but then she makes you do like this, um, oxygen bear barrack chamber and this detox protocol and all this stuff. Like, and she, which it's funny cause I started doing some more research yesterday before the podcast and when I was going through this in 2017, because I explained it in 2017, there was nothing mm-hmm. other than that Facebook group. And the the creator of that Facebook group was trying to push more and more information out for women to know. Because you should at least know this could happen. Right. Like, if anything. Right. And so they actually finally started recognizing it with the FDA that this could potentially be a thing. And so now they're making all breast implant companies put it on their disclaimer Mm -hmm. that you may develop an autoimmune disease, that you may have these issues and then you're signing it knowing. Right. um, Yeah. But I was fortunate because I found out in 2017, there was this fund in Birmingham, Mm -hmm. this trust, someone had breast implant illness and they had a lot of money. And so they just took their money or maybe they won a lawsuit or something with the company and they took that money, put it in a trust. And everyone who had this ex- symptoms, like you had to fill out a form and all this stuff. And they paid 5,000 for you. Wow. Cause my surgery was $10,000 total wow. to get them out. Cause I did a lift too. Yeah. I did a lift too. Mine was seven. Yeah. Mine was seven. 10. The doctor that originally put them in, I feel like he, he felt bad. And so, because <laughs> I, I had went a couple other places just to see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was, he was the cheapest, but he was actually the one I trusted the most because he didn't know any more than I did that yeah. those, that those implants were going to cause an issue. So. Well, my surgeon, the second one who took them out, when I told him, I told, I said, this may be just stupid. I said, but I believe this could be happening. And he said, I don't know if it's true, but I mean, if it's going to make you feel better, he never once judged me. He was like, we don't know. He mm-hmm. was like, there's got to be more research on it, which I greatly appreciated him like having that conversation with right. me. When the first surgeon was like, that is absolutely not a thing. Yeah. You're ridiculous for wanting to take this. I was like, wow. Yeah. I was like, so, but I tell everyone like, make sure you do your research. If you're going to get breast implants, go get second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth opinions, mm-hmm. job with your surgeon. Because I've spent 20 grand on my chest to get back to what I was initially. Yep. Yep. 
I think about all the surgeries and all the money that I've spent. Yeah. Two rounds of implants. The second one I only had for a year before having them removed. And it's like so much wasted money. So much wasted money. And I do feel like a lot of women um, try to act like it's not because not a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they know that they could not handle their bodies or themselves without the implants. And I will say, like, when I first had them removed, at first I was happy because I was like, okay, I felt like that that they always looked out of place. Mm Because I was always in high school, everything. I was just always a very petite person. And um, and the first first set of implants I had, I felt like literally a Q-tip with two water balloons because I did not want to go that big. Um, the second ones I felt like fit me a little bit better, but they still always felt like somebody else's. They didn't feel yeah. like they were part of me. Yeah. But then I will say when I got them removed, I went through a phase for the first couple months where sometimes I would wear stuff and I'd be like, okay, I can feel more confident in a low cut shirt because yeah. I don't feel like I look like yeah. Jessica Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then other times when I put on a bathing suit then I'd look around and, you know, I swear, like, everybody has implants now, and I would feel, like, not as womanly. Agreed. And so that was that was definitely a battle in the beginning. But now it's, like, so much the good way outweighs the bad. Like. For sure. So, like, I, same thing, like, low-cut shirt, because I would always try to hide or wear two sports bras. Mm, yes, two sports bras, yep. Yeah, and it was, like, so low-cut shirts love now because it's, like, I just have a little bit of cleavage, mm-hmm. not too over, like, I could wear a shirt all the way down to my belly button and no one's going to say anything to exactly. me. Exactly. But then there are things that I put on, like, oh, if they could just have more volume at the top and just be mm. more lifted, yep. that would be perfect. Yeah. But honestly, overall, I think I'm more confident now than I was with my implants, which is odd because I got them to be more confident. Right. Because so, I was like you. I was wearing two sports bras to try to smush them down. And now, like you, like you said, I'll wear like like the models do, like a low-cut mm-hmm. short shirt all the way down to my belly button. Yeah. And it's And everyone's just like, okay, you're not – because then it – like not saying that anyone can wear what they want, and we shouldn't judge anyone for wearing – but like if you have double D breasts and you wear that, people are like, oh, God, what's she trying to do? Exactly. And it's – it is a societal thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's a word, but <laughs> but yeah, I pick up what you're putting down. <laughs> that's I agree what I do with on that. <laughs> you you definitely get a lot more. Um, I would say negative attention yes. if you have really large breasts and you wear certain things versus having small breasts and wearing certain things for sure. And it's funny because when I went back to work after I got explanted, every single person stopped me and said, "Have you lost weight?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "No." literally just took my breast implants right out. I was like no I do feel like I couldn't wear baby doll tops and stuff yeah because it automatically if your breasts are that large it makes you look like the rest of you is probably that large mm-hmm. like if it's covered up I, sometimes I felt like I was pitching a tent when especially with the first breast impl- the first ginormous breast implants I had but yeah. so I yeah do I, de- I definitely feel like it makes it made me look bulkier for sure now have you ever thought about getting them again no yeah, that's a hard no. And I think even even when I go through certain, it's really probably mainly when I'm in a bathing suit. Sometimes it still bothers me. It's very rare, but sometimes. But all I have to do is look at my daughter and be like, no, yeah. you are worth and my quality of life is worth way more than um, just the aesthetics of having and big breasts. And I think smaller breasts are actually becoming they're in norm- like they're like, like they're in right they're now. in style yeah that's the one of my friends who still has implants she's like I kind of feel like big boobs went out of style and I'm like you're so right and then I go on Instagram and I see all this stuff like butts over <laughs> like, yes, it is okay well that I can handle because I can squat all day long <laughs> no, speaking of plastic surgery like I did a poll and I, I talked about it with another um, friend of mine 
So this kind of is, I want to know your opinion. Yeah. So I, they say like, it's more acceptable to have like breast implants. Like no one thinks twice. If you say, I'm going to go get a breast implant, everyone's like, okay, cool. But then if you say, I'm going to go get a blepharoplasty because I don't want these wrinkles under my eyes. People are like, what? You're altering your face? Yes. And I'm like, what's the difference? Yeah. I'm altering my boobs. Oh, yeah. Why is that so much more socially acceptable? I so agree with you that. You know? It's yeah. like, and then, like, I get filler, and I was terrified, and I talked about this when I did interview Dr. DeGraff, to tell people I had lip filler because I was like, they're going to judge me. Mm-hmm. It's like, so true. I, why do I care? Everybody's like, uh, age gracefully. And I'm like, <laughs> why? Okay, well then let your boobies age gracefully and right? get saggy. Like, what is the difference? I totally agree with that. So I just think it's interesting has, how we as women judge other people for what they're doing. Mm-hmm. We can't tell people what we're doing because we don't want to be judged. But it's like, why not? Like, why can't we just live the life we want to live? And like, why... Is because I'm sure you get it more than me because you have a lot of followers. I got all in- the trolls. Yeah, like I'm saying, like you, like people are probably in your inbox going, "What did you do? Why did you mm-hmm. do that? Why is a stranger commenting on your body?" Yep. Like they don't even know you. It's like I can I understand feel- if it was your best friend saying, "Okay, look, you're you're getting a little too out there. Right. Stop doing." Like that's what best friends are for to reel us back in to make us stop doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But a stranger who knows nothing about you is like, "Yeah, I'm gonna talk to you." I'm going to tell you. Right. I will say that when I started the blogging, I definitely had thinner skin. And then over time, I realized, like, you got to have thick skin for the people in your inbox. Oh, for sure. But (laughs) I feel like now I I just feel sorry for them because I'm like, okay, there's something like, like, I'm just going to pray for you. There's something going on in your life to just make you reach out to a complete stranger and say, yeah. you know, judge them for, cause yeah, it, it's been most of the time it's been when I posted something about getting filler or Botox or something like that. And sometimes I wonder if people are just jealous because they want to do it mm-hmm. because the best thing that one of my friends told me, and I, she, I think she told me she got it off a meme was, um, oh, what she said, you're not ugly. You just are poor because the Kardashians didn't look the way they looked. Until they got money. Right. Not that they were ever ugly. Right. But like they did, they wanted bigger lips. They wanted higher cheekbones. They, the Instagram face that everybody's right. getting now. What's wrong with wanting that? I want exactly. it. <laughs> it's like, I want it. Yeah. If I had their money, I would look exactly like they did. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you can yeah. get a facial every single week with the, bless, the best plastic surgeon or dermatologist in LA, you would do it too. Uh-huh. We're just jealous because we don't have their income, their money. And we want to make fun of someone. And I mean, Kylie Jenner literally built a billion dollar company off someone making fun of her lip filler. Right. So I'm, and I'm, clap back. And I'm sorry, but when you look at her before and after pictures, she looks better. Yes. I mean, she's, I think her lips are a little too big for my taste. Right. They look great on her. Mm-hmm. It's just not my taste. But again, I'm not going to sit here and judge her and say, you look terrible. I'm going to say, it's not my taste and what I would right. do with my body. But I also have very thin lips. And she's also in LA and we're in Huntsville. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I'll see, I'll, I'll even see an influencer post something. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to have that dress. And I'm like, where am I going to wear that dress? Because <laughs> <laughs> that would not be okay in Huntsville. But see, that's the thing. Like I want a lot of strong women and that's what I want this podcast to become about. Like, what, if you want that dress, get that dress and wear it out. Why, yeah. why, like, I mean, obviously I'm insecure and I wouldn't do it either, but it's easier for me to tell you to do it. But it's like, as women, we've got to stop judging people. Mm-hmm. And I want this podcast to become a voice for that. And that's why I wanted to have you on about the explants and your journey. And I think it's amazing what you're doing and keep doing what you're doing. Thank and you. just send them trolls to my inbox, girl, because <laughs> I have a mouth on me and people know that. 
just send them on over to me. So thank you so much, but go ahead and pimp yourself out and tell everyone where they can find you. <laughs> All right. On Instagram, I am at Danny B underscore L and y'all can find me there. And also if you want your hair done, I'm at, I'm Danny at MLA artistry. And for your Instagram, for those who don't know, it's Danny B underscore E L L E. Right? Yes. So yes. not L just E L L E. Yes. And then just book your hair appointment. If you're in Huntsville or if you're in the surrounding County and you want to drive, that's cool too. Cause I drive to Nashville for some stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Come on. I, th- I really appreciate you doing this with me and we'll have to have you back on about oh, your makeup you. adventures and learning all the things. And it then maybe fun. you can do like a YouTube makeup tutorial on me. Yeah. Or maybe Instagram live. I don't know if you have a YouTube. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Until next episode. Bye.